Hey, amen. It's the day the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm just amazed that we have a reason to dance and or a beautiful name of Jesus. And today's the day we celebrate the death, the burial, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we don't take it lightly because our very lives, our destiny depended on Christ's obedience to the Father. And so if you just give me a minute, I just got to stand up one more time and give him a standing ovation. I give our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ a standing O because he did what I could not do. I could not save myself. I struggled to be obedient for a day, yet alone an hour. But he was obedient for his lifetime and surrendered himself for us. And so I just give him a standing O because I'm grateful that this resurrection day I'm alive and I have life in him. Amen. It's just good. It's good to celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray for you. The elders are praying for you that you're doing well uh, right where you are and that God is keeping and protecting you. I know this is a resurrection day, an Easter day like we've probably never seen before. Um, we're not gathered here corporately, but we're gathered in spirit. And so we're going to celebrate. We're going to continue to lift up the mighty name of Jesus. And so I want to get into uh, the word today as we carry forward in, in, in service, but we're going to be transitioning a little bit. Uh, we've been talking about walking with God as we're a church on assignment, and we've gone through some things with walking with God, but we're going to start a new series today called I Serve. I Serve, and it's about service, and today's subtitle is The Pathway to Greatness. The Pathway to Greatness. We're going to be talking about service over the next few weeks and what God has done for us in the example that he's given us regarding service because I believe God is taking us all and taking his church to greatness yes even during a time like this so I pray that you stay with and you join us uh, as we worship our Lord and Savior our text comes from the book of John the book of John the 13th chapter and if you have time on your own please read uh, verses 1 through 17 but for today's sake I'm just going to read beginning at verse number 12 through 17. It's the book of John, 12 through 17. And for many, it might be a familiar passage of Scripture, but we ask that you open up your ears and hear what God would say. For those who are new, maybe new to the faith, just tuning in, we thank you for tuning in. Hear the word of God coming out of John chapter 13, beginning at verse number 12. It says, so when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Amen to the reading of his word. So we're going to talk from the subject, I serve the pathway to greatness. You know, we're in a, in a particular season where we're getting a lot of advice. Uh, 
I don't know about you, but I got to wear a mask now. My wife makes me go outside and wear a mask. But before, they were saying, don't wear a mask. Now, all of a sudden, they're saying, wear a mask. And we're getting advice about what to do when we're outside. We're getting advice about how to homeschool children and how much time to give them on the, the computers and all this different advice that we get. We get financial advice. Uh, don't give up your money. Hold on to your cash. Minimize your spending. We, we're getting a lot of advice during this time. But I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, I don't like giving advice because sometimes people just don't pay attention to the advice you give. <laughs> you know, you give them advice to tell you, wear a mask. You go outside, half the people not wearing a mask. And you, you tell them do something, they don't do it. And sometimes we don't even want to give people advice because our people even going to listen. But even on the opposite side of that, many of us don't want to take advice when it's given to us. Sometimes the advice given to us is different than what we've been normally doing. It's, it's, it challenges us in a way where we don't even want to listen to that advice. Or sometimes we have to really examine the person who's giving us the advice. Because if the advice ain't working for you, <laughs> surely I'm not going to take your advice. But I just want to admonish us today that Jesus had given us some advice about service and that we ought to take his advice and believe what he has said to us. This resurrection day where he got up, there's some advice we need to pay attention to, and it's about service. Somebody say service. See, Jesus had entered into Jerusalem, and, and he was the man we talked about uh, riding in on Palm Sunday on a donkey, um, and his disciples were excited about that because Christ was about to blow up. And so here they get into a discussion about who was going to ride shotgun with Jesus. They, they, they knew that Jesus is going to blow up, we're going to blow up because we're with him, we've been riding with him. And so we're positioning ourselves for greatness. And so the disciples, even in Mark chapter 10, began, two of them, James and John, began to have a conversation with Jesus that said something like, Jesus, man, do whatever we ask. You know, do what we ask. And what we're asking you is to let one of us sit on your left hand and one of us sit on your right hand when you get into your kingdom. And the other disciples heard what was going on, and they were like, come on, man, y'all trying to get to the front of the line. Y'all trying to be great. And so they started going back and forth about who was going to be where and who was going to do what uh, when Jesus entered his kingdom. They were looking to their pathway to greatness. But then Jesus, in his love for them, you know, he sits them down because they're at the, the Passover table, and he knows what's going on. And out of his love for them, he begins to offer them some unsolicited advice. Because he didn't want them to fail. He didn't want them to not make it. He knew he needed to tell them something that they needed to know. Because we're like them. We can't put them down. We often want to know, what am I going to get out of this? What's in this for me? Or where am I trying to go? See, I married my wife because she's going to help me go to where I'm trying to go. Or I married my husband because he's, he's going to help me get to my biological clock and get me to where I want to go. That's how we think. But Jesus, the Bible says in the beginning of this chapter, loved his disciples enough that he wanted to sit them down and tell them the truth. He wanted to give them the secrets to being great. So Jesus starts, the Bible says, to, to serve his disciples. They say he, he got up out of his seat. He was reclining at the table. He got up out of his seat and he disrobed his outer garment and he put on a towel and then he got on his knees and began to wash feet. That tells us one thing, that Jesus, it reminds us that he disrobed himself of the glory that he had with the Father. And he came down to earth to be a servant, to wash our feet. And so he disrobed himself and he began to wash 
their feet. And then that washing of the feet really talks about the cleansing that we need. Because if we be honest, we need, we need to be cleansed. We, we understand that our feet are dirty, that we need to be cleansed. But the Bible says that he washed their feet. And then it says he got up, put his robe back on, and sat down at his table, at, in his proper seat. And so he starts to serve his disciples. Because Jesus told his, them in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, he said, For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Major point I want to make here right now is serving is a kingdom key to greatness. Serving is a kingdom key to greatness. Jesus said, I'm giving you an example. I'm showing you what to do. And he says a servant is not greater than his master. So we'll never be greater than him, but he's giving us an example of what to do. And he says that he who sent is sent is not greater than he who sent him. And he was talking about the father. He says, I'm not greater than the father because he is the one who sent me. But he's talking about this thing called service. Then he tells him this. He says, blessed are you if you do them. In other words, you'll be blessed if you take my advice. And so right now in this moment, have you ever thought ever in your past or just going through that maybe greatness is escaping me because I don't serve very well? I know I've had to sit down and say, maybe greatness is escaping me because I don't serve very well. Maybe my marriage really could be great, but it's in the condition that it's in because I don't serve very well. Maybe my relationship with my children is a little bit rocky, is a little bit murky right now because maybe I'm not serving them very well. Maybe my friends wouldn't change every single week and every other day you got a new BFF. Maybe if you know how to serve a little bit better, that your relationships could be a little bit more stable. Maybe we could be a little bit further in our careers if we understood this thing called service. Maybe the church would be further along. Maybe our ministry would reach more people if we really understood how to serve. We got to realize that it's time to serve. And you got to understand, even in the atmosphere that we're, we're in, I'm hearing all these commercials from Papa John's and Pizza Hut telling you, yes, our, our, our temperature goes to 400 degrees. And, and when the pizza comes out, nobody ever touches it. They want you to know that they're serving you as best that they possibly can. Burger King says, yes, we're thinking about you even when you're not thinking about us. They want you to know about this thing called service. And it's time for us, the body of Christ, to serve. Somebody say, I serve. To serve well, you must be confident in who you are. To serve well, you must be confident in who you are. Our scripture goes on to say, Jesus, knowing that the Father gave him all things. This is important. He said, the Father gave him all things. So Jesus, knowing and being confident that the Father who sent him gave him all things. And then it goes on to say that, Ju that the devil had already gotten into Judas. And just because the devil's busy doesn't change God's plans. The devil may be busy trying to wreak havoc. The devil may be busy in this coronavirus issue. But just because the devil's busy doesn't mean that it's outside of the realm and the power of the Father. And that's what Jesus knows, that even though the devil's busy, the Father was still there and that he still could serve. He could still complete his assignment. And the encouragement for us today, we got to understand that God is also given us all things. Romans 8, 8 and 32 says, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all? 
all things. Second Peter 1 and 3 says this, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who is called by glory and virtue. In other words, God has given us all things. And so Jesus was able to serve because he was confident, not just in who he was, but in whose he was. He knew he belonged to the Father. And I'm encouraging you to say that we also got to know that no matter what we go through, that our Father will back his mission, that we can serve, that Daddy will provide what is needed. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Then he goes on to say that Jesus not only knew that his father had given him all things, but he says that he knew that he came from God and he was going back to God. Come on. It helps us to know that where we came from. It helps us to know our history and it helps us to know our destiny. We got to realize that it's easy to serve when you accept who you are. It's easy to serve when you accept who you are. I remember I'm, I'm an older father, and I'm not old, but I'm raising my teenage children. But when they were younger, and I was in my 30s, my wife wanted a minivan. So she wanted to drive around in a minivan. But here I am having to drive her minivan at times when I really didn't want to be driving a minivan. You see what I'm saying? You're driving around, you got all these women looking at you in this minivan. <laughs> see, you're giving yourself away that you done. You, you a married man, you got kids, <laughs> you out the game, you know? And so some of us are tempted, you know, we're going to go buy ourselves a nice escalator, buy ourselves something we can't afford because we still want to look like we're something that we're not. <laughs> but I had to humble myself and realize I am a 30-something married man, and that's just who I am. Well, if I'm driving a minivan, I'm driving a minivan, but that's who I am. See, see, I can realize I can serve my wife and serve my family and not worried about what other people think about me because I accept who I am. Brother want to be like, yeah, your wife got you on lock. No, my wife don't got me on lock. I'm just serving my wife and that is perfectly okay. Some of you wives got, girl, why do you listen to your husband like that? No, I, I'm not a slave to my husband, but I'm serving my husband and I'm serving him well. See, when we understand who we are and we accept who we are we don't got to worry about nothing we can just serve the way that we're supposed to serve because we've got to understand that healthy long-lasting relationships require good service <laughs> that's why many of our relationships don't last because we don't know how to serve we're all about ourselves and serving our agendas and serving our purpose but we don't know how to serve you will lose customers if you don't know how to serve and many of us lose relationships because we don't know how to serve we got to understand and accept who we are our young people yes you can be a straight-a student and accept that I don't care what people say about it just accept who you are do you do your homework absolutely why because I'm supposed to it's just who you are you don't got to worry about what other people have to say Jesus was no not ashamed to serve because he knew who he was listen serving requires you to make a move towards somebody else's good Serving requires you to make a move towards somebody else's good. Jesus had to come down from heaven to earth to be able to serve. Jesus had to get up out of the Passover table off the chair and get on his knees in order to be able to serve. But here's the key. Jesus knew who he was. He knew he came from God and he was going back to God. See, Jesus was not insecure about his spot. <laughs> Some of us don't want to serve because we think we're going to lose our 
spot that if I get up and get down and serve and serve my family and serve my job or something, that somebody's going to come behind me and take my spot. Jesus wasn't worried about whether the archangel Michael was going to take his spot. He wasn't worried about whether Gabriel was going to take his spot. He knew that his spot was there, that he could come down and serve, and he was going right back to his spot. And when you know who you are, you don't got to worry about somebody taking your spot. Come on and hear somebody. Your spot is your spot. It's going to be there when you get back up and put your robe back on from serving. Your spot is still going to be there because what God has for you is for you. When I serve in my family, I know my spot. I don't got to worry. Ain't nobody taking over daddy's spot. Daddy knows who daddy is. And so if daddy got to cook breakfast, if daddy got to cook dinner, if daddy got to pay the bills, that don't make me no less than who that. Come on in here, somebody. I know who I am. I'm here to encourage somebody. <laughs> your spot's not going to be taken because your spot is for you. This is the example that our Lord Jesus gave. He washed their feet. But we got to encourage ourselves today because some of us get stuck. Some of us get stuck in ruts. And, and, and you know, pray for me. You know, you got to pray for me. But I like to, to, to counsel when I do counsel. So I watch other things about counseling, even though they, they may be secular. So I, I watch like marriage boot camp or marriage boot camp <laughs> uh, hip hop edition or love goals. And you watch a whole bunch of people and they got all kinds of problems. But what you realize is that this had bad examples and bad patterns in their life and bad ways of thinking. And it's these bad patterns, these ruts in the way that they think that cause them to have so many problems. And encouragement for us is in a moment like this that we're living in a, in, a, in a coronavirus situation where we're on lockdown, it causes us the opportunity to look at things from a different perspective, to look at things from a different perspective. The Bible goes on to say in our text that Jesus began to wash his disciples' feet, but when he got to Peter, Peter didn't want Jesus to wash his feet. See, because Peter had bad thinking. He thought of, of the way greatness was the way we typically think about it. See, when I'm on top, you're supposed to serve me. You see what I'm saying? My spouse and my kids, they're supposed to serve me. Am I talking to anybody? My employees, they're supposed to serve me. But Jesus was introducing a different concept. He was introducing a different way of thinking. He was introducing something that should be a different new normal for us about the way service should be. See, we have to understand and accept this, that Jesus came to serve us, and he still is serving us today. Watch this. Romans 8, 34 says, he who, who is he that condemns? Is it Christ who died and furthermore is risen? Who is even at the right hand of God? What? Interceding for us even right now. And so God is interceding. Jesus is interceding. Not only did he, he live, he died, and arose again, but he's still interceding for us right now. He came to serve us. And I've had to accept this in my life, and it's a challenging as you, those of many of raising uh, uh, children and teenagers that I've had to accept that I'm going to have to serve my kids for the rest of my life. <laughs> Come on and hear somebody. You're going to have to serve your kids for the rest of your life. Some of us thought that 
Once they got 18 or once they got 21 or once they got whatever that we would be finished serving them. We served them in diapers. We served them in elementary school. We served them on all through high school. And some of us were looking forward to the day. I know, come on and here's somebody. I was looking forward to the day where I could be finished serving them. But the more I live, the more I realize this is a lifetime assignment. I may still have to serve my kids with some money at times. I may have to serve my children with some advice at times when they call dad or you have to serve them when they call mom. And some of y'all babysitting. Come on, grandma. Come on. Come on, pop pop. You serving. Your children trying to go on vacation. They need you to watch their kids or they try to go out. They need you to watch their kids. You're still going to be serving for the rest of your life. But we got to understand what Jesus was showing. See, we serve others so that they can serve others in return. Let me say that again. See, we serve others so that they can serve others in return. Jesus said, I'm serving you. Now you ought to go serve each other like I'm serving you. See, the twist is we think that if I serve you, you need to then serve me back. Come on in here, somebody. If I do this for you, you need to do something back for me. But that's not why we serve. We serve our children so that they can grow up and then serve their spouse and then serve their children and then they can serve their children and serve their children. See, when I serve my employees, then my employees can then go serve the customers so that our business can continue to grow. Are you following me? It's a change of thinking, and God is, is breaking us in our thinking that we don't serve so that we can be served back. We serve so that this thing can move further the way that he's given us to serve. And so I know for, for many of us, it's a challenge because I know, I, personally, I don't necessarily like to be helped. Come on here, somebody. I can be like Peter. I don't like to be helped. I like to try to figure it out myself or, or do it myself. But I'm here to encourage you that you're hurting yourself by not letting people serve you the way that God may be leading them and designing them to serve you. And so our encouragement first is that we got to let Jesus serve you first. <laughs> Come on here, somebody. Let Jesus serve you first. What Jesus said to Peter said, Peter, man, okay, if you don't want me to serve you, you have no parts with me. In other words, if you don't let me do this for you, you can't be with me. And we got to understand that we got to let Jesus serve us. Some of us in our, in our lives, we've gone through some stuff. We've gone through situations, and, and we don't want to be served. We don't, we don't want people to serve us. But I'm here to declare in the atmosphere today that you got to let Jesus serve you because Jesus is the one that's got to set the example of what service is really like. Some of us, are the reason why our service is poor is because we've had bad examples. Maybe mom and dad didn't serve us well. Maybe the pastor at the last church we were at didn't serve us well. Maybe the last relationship you were in didn't serve us well. And so we've got bad issues. We've got bad habits. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus is going to set the standard for what our service is like. We need to know and feel like what good service feels like. Some of us need to know what it really feels like to be forgiven. Come on in here, somebody. Not just for somebody to say, I'm sorry, but to really be forgiven. The Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, so he forgives us of our sins. I declare today that somebody is forgiven. You need to understand what forgiveness is really about. Some of us need to be wrapped up in the mercy of God. Come on, somebody. We need to understand what the true mercy of God, not man's mercy that comes and goes depending on situation, but the mercy of God that if we confess our sin, that he's faithful and just to forgive us and to provide us mercy. Some of us need to know what it means to be covered in grace, not just 
touched by grace, but covered in grace. No matter where I look up, I'm covered in grace. When I look down, I'm covered in grace. When I move to my left, I'm covered in grace. The Bible says in Romans that we're standing in his grace. It's like drowning in, in 20 foot deep water. Doesn't matter where we go, we're covered in the grace of God. Some of us need to be served by grace. We struggled in our past because we don't know what grace is all about, but you gotta let Jesus serve you in his grace. We gotta let Jesus serve us with hope. Give us the hope of a brighter future, the hope of a destiny, what true hope looks like. Man can't provide this for us, only Jesus can. And we gotta let Christ set our standard of service by letting him serve us first. And if he does that, we'll be equipped to serve somebody else. Jesus served me in this moment. Jesus served me right now, not just my hands, but my head and my feet too. If you gotta wash me, wash me clean. But you serve me so that I can be a servant for you. Come on, somebody, let him serve you today right where you are. <laughs> yeah. Peter had to be served by Jesus. He had to feel him wipe his feet and make him clean. He had to feel it in order to be the servant that God had called him to be. I'm coming in, but you, I know many of you are thinking, this is a great message, but what does this have to do with Easter? <laughs> ah, it has everything to do with Easter because Jesus said to them, watch this, he says, blessed are you if you do this. In other words, you'll be blessed. You'll go places. Greatness will be there for you if you do what I'm telling you. In other words, if you take my advice. <laughs> and I said at the beginning, oftentimes we don't take advice because we want to look at who is giving the advice. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you on Resurrection Sunday, we got to look at who gave us the advice. <laughs> because I'm not looking at a cross. I'm looking at an empty tomb. Come on in here, somebody. The empty tomb is proof of what Jesus said is true and is worthy proof to be followed. You said, well, on Good Friday, it didn't look too good for Jesus. When Jesus' service and all that stuff he talked about, ain't looked too good for him then. When they were walking him down Golgotha, when they were walking him down the path to get on a cross, on Good Friday, it looked kind of bleak. All that service that he was providing looked like it wasn't doing nothing for him. All it did was get one hand stretched this way and one hand stretched this way and nails pierced in his side and a crown of thorns on his head. Jesus' service didn't look like it was doing them a whole lot, but getting them in trouble. And on Saturday, it still didn't look too good. Saturday, there wasn't a whole lot of movement. Saturday was somber, and, and the people were downtrodden, and, and nothing was happening in their life. But I'm here to declare to you early on the third day, early on that Sunday morning, before the people could even get a Starbucks cup of coffee, the Bible says that Jesus got up out of the grave, and he was alive forevermore. And so we got an empty tomb to prove that Jesus Christ is the risen Savior. And what he said is absolutely good advice worth following. The Bible says that they looked for him in the tomb, but the tomb, he was not there. There was a stone in front of the tomb. There were guards around the tomb. And I'm here to tell you that there's living proof. Nobody stole Jesus' body, but Jesus actually got up because he was raised by the Father. Tell me where the body of Jesus is Christ right now. You can't tell me where his body is because you can't find it. 
because he got up out of the grave. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 3, that after he got up out the grave, that he walked for 40 days, and he was seen by many. And so I'm telling you today that there's living proof, not just biblical proof, but living proof. The gospel didn't spread just because of the Bible. The gospel spread because there were eyewitnesses that Jesus Christ, who was once dead, who was crucified on a cross, got up and was walking around. And it wasn't just him, but he brought others with him. Come on here, somebody. So this is advice willing to follow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So where is this Jesus? I'm glad you asked. The Bible said that after 40 days that he was ascended into heaven. So we can look at an empty tomb and see that this Jesus is now ascended into heaven. And Ephesians chapter 2 verse 9 says this, that he's exceeded, that there's a name above Jesus that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, both in heaven, on the earth, and under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's not just exalted, the Bible says, but the Bible says he's highly exalted. Did you hear that? He didn't say he's just exalted. He says he's highly exalted. He's beyond greatness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Philippians chapter 1 says, Ephesians 1, 21 says this, that, that God raised up Jesus and he sat him in heavenly places. And now he is far above all principalities, all powers, all dominions, every name that's named, not only in today's time, but in a time to come. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's not just above a name. He's far above a name. He's in an atmosphere all by himself. He's God all by himself. He's above every name. So I got news for you. He's above depression in the name of Jesus. He's not slightly above it. He's far above it. I got news for you. He's above death. Not just a little bit above death, but far above death. I've got news for you. He's above poverty. Not just little above poverty, but far above poverty. I've got news for you. He's above COVID-19. Not just a little bit above it, but far above it. He's exceeding. He's great above it. So the good news for you and I is we ought to take his advice today. That's my encouragement. The empty tomb says take his advice because service is the way to go. If you serve, you can get on the pathway to greatness. Husbands, serve your wives. Wives, serve your husbands. Children, serve your parents. Parents, serve your children. Employers, serve your employees. Whatever you got to serve, you got to serve. And I hear in this atmosphere that even in the COVID-19 pandemic, if the church would learn how to serve, if the church would humble itself and get a spirit of service on it like nobody else that can't be replicated in the world, if we take off our robe and get down on our knees, begin to serve the poor, begin to serve the broken, begin to serve the homeless, begin to serve our families, even on your job. Hear me, brothers and sisters. If you learn how to serve on your job, even in this time of 
even working from home. Sharpen your serving skills. Be confident in who you are. Go above and beyond for your coworker and watch what God does for you. Because Jesus said, you don't understand this now, but on the other side of this, come on and hear somebody. There's another side of this. We're coming through this and we're gonna rise above it. Not just a little above, but far above, high above, because we're gonna be seated with him. It's him in heavenly places. Come on, shout some hallelujah in this place. God is doing something. I serve. I serve. I serve. <laughs> Woo! I tell you, I feel this thing. God is doing something in the church. We got to start improving in our service even right now. We got to sharpen our service even right now because folk are coming to Jesus. And I tell you, we got to serve and we got to serve well. <laughs> I'm done. I got to go. But I'm telling you, I'm excited about what Jesus is doing. Because an empty tomb, an empty tomb is proof, an empty tomb is proof that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. An empty tomb says that his advice is worthy to be followed. He is the Christ. He is the great servant. Because the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. In this moment, even where we are, I want to give the invitation to somebody that may not know Jesus in the pardon of your sin. You've been listening. You've been paying attention to what God is saying. And you hear God saying that I came to serve you by sending my son Jesus Christ to clean you, to wash your feet, to become sin for you that you may become the righteousness. If there's somebody that wants to give their life to Jesus and they say, Jesus, serve me, Serve me into salvation. Serve me into relationship. I want to give you the opportunity to receive Christ today. If that is you, I don't care where you are, just humbly say this prayer with me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner. I realize I'm dirty. But more importantly, I realize that you came to serve me and to clean me up, to become a risen Savior for me. I receive you as my Lord. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Dwell with me. Live with me. That I can walk this walk with you. And I thank you for this resurrecting day because my life is now resurrected and I am saved. And I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If that was you who said that prayer, God bless you. I look forward to seeing you one day. But you reach out to the church. Let us know that you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you know somebody who's already saved, walking with them, let them know. Say, I gave my life to the Lord today. Help me in this walk because I want to walk with Jesus. If that was you, I look forward to seeing you. God bless you. If you want to join the church, you hear God saying, this is the church, even though we're not in person, but you still want to join this local fellowship. You can still do that. Just let us know. Reach out to us. You see the information coming through the broadcast. Just reach out to us and let us know that I want to join this particular church. We'll reach out to you. We'll get you started. But we know that this resurrection day, God is taking us to greatness, and he wants to take you to greatness as well. In Jesus' name. A couple other things. We got to stay to the end because there's some great things happening at the end. But we say this is a special day where we wanted to do communion. 
today. It's been a minute since we've done communion, and we don't see another time that's more fitting than now, even on this Easter Sunday, this Resurrected Sunday, to honor the beautiful service, the service that he gave us with his body and with the shedding of his blood. Amen. So you can get your elements, you can get your bread, you can get your wine even right now as we prepare for this communion moment. Just think about the service of Jesus. How he shed his blood and laid it all on the line for us. But the hope we have today is that there is a New Testament in his blood that we are saved and we are redeemed because he did rise again with all power in his hands. And so day, today, this Resurrection Sunday, we take the bread, we break it, we eat in Jesus' name. Now let's take the cup which represents the shedding of blood. And without it, there'd be no forgiveness of sin. And so we drink in communion together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel revived already. <laughs> Hallelujah. I feel that resurrection power already because of the service of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Amen. 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 Last thing before I go, there's a special presentation at the end. You can watch, watch to the end, but we just want to take up our offering at this time. God is keeping us. He's sustaining us. And for those who know the Lord, we ought to be grateful that he's keeping sustaining us. So we want to offer him what he's commanded us to do. We want to give him a tenth portion, our tithe. We want to give him our offering. We know that the kingdom of God is still moving forward. And we appreciate and thank those who are sending in your tithes, doing it electronically. We thank you. We appreciate what you're doing, being faithful to the Lord in this area of your life. Um, we know that God is going to bless and keep us, that he keep it devoured from our doorstep. And even in challenging days, he said he would never leave us nor forsake us. And so we honor him with that. And so with our tithes and our offering in our hand, Father, we thank you, we bless you. We honor you this day, oh God. We thank you for this great celebration. We're excited about your goodness and your grace. God, we lift these tithes and offerings up to you. God, receive them with the heart in which they're given. God, we're grateful to you that you're providing for us. God, we bring back a tenth portion. We bring back an offering to you so that your kingdom can go forth and your gospel can be preached and people can know Jesus. And so we bless you, God. We honor you. We thank you that there'll be no lack in the body, that every single need will be met. God, you'll provide for us that there'll be no lack and every need will be met. And we appreciate you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.